Okay, so this is the third part of our current event in weekly Bible study for this um, December 9th, 2007. It's the third part for today, but I guess it is the seventh part of this actual teaching on um, Maitreya. And um, what we're going to be looking at in this very last part is the final confirmatory part of this puzzle. Now, please understand that there are many antichrists that are predicted and postulated to arise in the end times, okay? But there's going to only be one Antichrist, okay? Now, what I think we should do at the very end here is look at what the highest level occultists have clearly predicted would be the emergence of this person. Who are these high level occultists? Like Helena Petrova Blavatsky, Madame Blavatsky, Alice A. and Bailey. Who have they been predicting? Okay, and these were, these were women that were over very, very, the highest level uh, occultist movements in the last 100 plus years. We're going to see that they have all very clearly predicted that the Antichrist, this man of sin, who of course they don't refer to him that way, but that this person that's going to arise, that is going to usher in the New World Order, the one world political system, the one world religious system, the one world government system, the New Age, the dawning of Aquarius... They clearly predicted it was going to be this Maitreya character. Okay? Uh, just to give you a little history, Helena Petrova Blavatsky, who lived from 1831 to 1891, she was contacted by a uh, ascended master, fallen angel, named Master Mariah in 1851. Now, if you want to know more about these individual ascended masters, please listen to my other teaching I did on the ascended masters, because I go over each of one of these, and what they claim to be, what they supposedly look like. i got pictures of them up on the PDF file. Um, you can read about all of these. Uh, and then she says, after years of her contact with her spirit masters, she helped to found the Theosophical Society in 1875 and published the book Isis Unveiled in 1877 and established Lucifer, an occultic magazine, in, 18, in London in 1887. And then she published The Secret Doctrine in 1888. This woman just about did it all. You talk about a devil. I mean, you just see pictures of this woman, and she just looks, you know, beyond evil. So that's her pedigree and background. And then we have Alice Ann Bailey, who lived from 1880 to 1949. She was contacted by the Ascended Master, Master Kut Humuni, in 1895. In 1917, she became acquainted with the students of Blavatsky and joined the Theosophical Society. In 1990, the Master Jual Kool... It sounds like a rap artist. Sounds like one of those rap guys that has the record, you know? I mean, I don't know. Anyway, Master Jual Cool <laughs> contacted her and asked her for assistance in taking some dictation. Well, can you dictate something to me? You know, I can't imagine that conversation. At first, she refused out of fear. But then later accepted upon instruction from the Master Kut Humi. So... The, the, the Master Kut Humi put her mind at rest about this Master Jual Kool. Okay, she was scared of the one, but the other ascended Master Devil said, oh, okay, it's okay, he's a good guy, I know him, I've known him for hundreds of years. This guy's great, don't worry about him, he's solid. You know, I could imagine that conversation. And then, the Master Jual Kool then wrote 18 books through Alice Bailey over the next 30 years. 
She founded the hugely influential Lucius Trust, which stands for Lucifer. It was originally called Lucifer. They changed it to Lucius because it was too overt as Lucifer Trust. And that was started in 1922. So now we've got two women that were the absolute... I mean, these women are hugely influential in the occult movement from the 18, mid-1800s all the way to today. Okay? Then we have Benjamin Cream, born in 1922. From a young age, he was the student of the works of Blavatsky and Bailey. Well, didn't we talk about Benjamin Cream? Isn't he the false prophet for Maitreya? Hasn't he been the one that went before and that was the anointed one to, to, to go before? And see? He was like the, essentially the John the Baptist for devil Maitreya. That's what he was. That's what he is. He's the, he's the John the Baptist for him. So, at a young age, he was a student of the works of who? Blavatsky and Bailey, who we just talked about. That's who Benjamin Cream was. Uh, first contacted by, quote, the master. Hmm. Um, in 1959, the master informed him that he would play a major role in the appearance of Maitreya the Christ. For, then he formed Share International, which was this UN-sponsored website that I've been quoting from in the last six teachings. He formed Share International in 1975. And you can go up to their website right now, just key in Share International, and you'll find it. You can read all the stuff for yourself. I just went over a small fraction of what's up on the website. Since then, he has been traveling the globe, speaking and lecturing for the preparation of Maitreya the Christ. And he claims to be in direct telepathic contact with both, quote, the Master and Maitreya. Okay. So that's a little preliminary uh, history to what we're going to be talking about next. Then we have the Ascended Masters. In this particular article, this is from an article uh, in www.redmoonrising.com. And I'm just going to be hitting the high points in this. But there were some good things to glean. Not really good things, but noteworthy things of biblical significance to us in the time we're moving into. He has this article, this part of it is, is um, entitled, The Ascended Masters Are Fallen Angels. Benjamin Crean's theology is directly founded on the teachings that were published by Helena Petrova Blavatsky and Alice A. Bailey as dictated to them from various Ascended Masters. Through a close examination of their beliefs, it can be shown that the so-called Ascended Masters who developed their twisted theology are in fact fallen angels of the Judeo-Christian tradition. Alice Bailey's trinity includes Sanat Kumara, the Christ, the Maitreya, and Lucifer. This is their false trinity. Isn't the devil the master counterfeiter? Although they are represented, um, a, they have this little chart here, but they're represented in the chart as distinct individuals. Their characteristics are given by Alice A. Bailey, tend to overlap to the point of being almost indistinguishable from one another. Alice Bailey refers to Sanat Kumara. Now look, all you've got to do is, is uh, transpose a couple letters, and you've got Satan. Because it's spelled S-A-N-A-T. Just move a couple letters around, and you move the T into the middle, and the end to the end, you got Satan. So, Alice Bailey refers to Sanat Kumara as the head of the hierarchy. Just kind of like Santa Claus. Just change a couple things. It's Satan Claus. You know, that's a whole other teaching. Listen to my teaching on Christmas, if you want to know more about that. Um, 
if somebody wants you to sing a Christmas carol, just put Satan in there for Santa, and they'll probably really throw a wet, wet blanket on everything. But it'd actually be much more biblically accurate. Sorry. Anyway. Um, so, we have Sanat Kumar as the head of the hierarchy. He calls himself the creator, although not the ultimate creator. The eternal youth, the heavenly man. And most often, the lord of the world. Well, Jesus Christ refers to, you know, the Bible refers to uh, Satan as the prince in the power of the air, the lord of this present world, these types of things. Okay? Supposedly, he, the Sanat Kumara, descended to the earth about 18 million years ago. Oh, here we go. Here we go with the ancient astronaut theory. This is, this is actually where we were really going to come into intelligent design. Because they believe at the core root of intelligent design, it wasn't God that created everything. It were these ancient astronauts that came here millions and millions of years ago and seeded the planet with humanity. And now that science project's got so out of control, they've got to come back and straighten everything out. That's entering into these ascended masters who are going to come saying, we created you. We are an advanced race that created you millions and millions of years ago. You know what, guys? You've messed everything up so bad. We've got to come things, straighten things out. So I'm saying, this, all this stuff that I'm talking about is most likely going to play out in the very near future. And it does line up with the Bible. I think it's maybe a little important we know about this stuff. Why are we being deluged and saturated with all the alien junk on TV, the movies, the TV, the, you know, the print... There's a reason. They're not, Satan's not just letting this happen for no reason. So if we go further, it says, supposedly, this Sanat Kumar descended to earth 18 million years ago and then sacrificed himself to humanity to help us, to help guide us divinely. So in other words, this is a counterfeit of Jesus Christ. The Bible describes how Satan was thrown out of heaven and came down to earth. Um, in Genesis, the serpent convinced Eve to eat of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, promising that she would become a god. Through this successful corrupting of humanity, Lucifer thereby became the possessor of man and earth. When Jesus began his earthly ministry, he spent 40 days in the wilderness, and Satan came and offered himself unto the kingdoms of the world. Basically saying, all power will I give to thee and the glory of them, for, for this is delivered unto me, and whomsoever I will give it. This is what Satan said to Jesus. If therefore thou wilt worship me, all shall be thine. He promised Jesus, if you just bow down and worship me, I'll give you all this. And that's in Luke 4, 6, and 7. Satan was not making a bogus proposal, for the kingdoms of the world had indeed been delivered unto him, and mankind with it. Uh, Jesus later, but remember, the Lord Jesus Christ is always on the throne. Father God. They're always on the throne. They still have to get permission, you know, okay? Um, Jesus later referred to Satan as the prince of this world. In John 12.31 and John 14.30, Paul referred to him as the god of this world in 2 Corinthians uh, 4. He also describes the hierarchy of fallen angels as the rulers, the authorities, the powers of the darkness of this world, Ephesians 6. So these are things that that the Bible talks about. Now, when Alice A. Bailey describes Sanat Kumar as the lord of this world, she is merely referring to a cleverly repackaged Satan. This evil being is in control of the earth, the adversary of God, and the man who is consistently scheming and manipulating to keep us from the saving knowledge of the one true God, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and our only way out of this mess. And that is the ultimate goal of everything that I talk about almost every single week. 
The reason that all this deception is being heaped upon us is ultimately, it's a battle of who's going to get saved and who's not going to get saved. Because a million years from now, it's all that's really going to matter. If you're burning in the lake of fire, all that's really going to matter a million years from now is, did you get saved or not? I mean, it's the most important thing, by far. So, the Christ, this second person in this unholy trinity, is also referred to as Maitreya, the world teacher. Alice A. Bailey writes that at the beginning of each new age of human evolution, the Christ takes up human form and comes to humanity to guide us during this transition period. Isn't this what Lord Maitreya, this devil Maitreya is saying? He's going to usher in the age of Pisces, or the usher in the age of Aquarius because the age of Pisces is coming to an end? The age of Pisces was supposedly started by his disciple, Master Jesus? Now this is what Alice A. Bailey was saying 80 years ago? Long time ago. And Blavatsky over 100 years ago. The Bible teaches that mankind will in fact enjoy something of a transition into this new age, but it will not be a result of blind evolution. Rather, it will be a transition that will take place because of God's love and grace to those who have come to find Him. Alice A. Bailey, now this is evidently when Jesus Christ reigns on this earth for a thousand years with a rod of iron. Okay, after He's actually made His return. Okay, that's going to be the good transition. Okay, what's coming is going to be the demonic counterfeit. Okay, that will mostly manifest itself during the tribulation period. Alice A. Bailey's Christ is one that she claims is expected by all religions known as Krishna, Maitreya Buddha, Imam Mahandi, the Messiah, and the Christ. It is true that many faiths predict a coming figure who will now lead humanity. But only Christianity um, predict a great deceiver to come upon the earth first. That's another very noteworthy thing. Why aren't all the Christian churches shouting up and down, screaming from the pulpits everywhere, Beware, the deceiver is afoot! He's coming! The Bible clearly predicts it's going to happen. Shouldn't we be on the lookout for him? Oh no, we got Smiley Joe preaching on prosperity, on how to, how to have a better self-esteem, and make you feel better about yourself. And how we're all good. The Bible says, For we are all together as an unclean thing, and all our righteousness are as filthy rags, and we all do doth fade like a leaf. Apart from the Lord Jesus Christ, all we're really worthy of is hell, me included. So, but that's, you know, you got your prosperity preachers, they make a lot of money that way. Tell the people what they want to hear, tickle their ears. Bible says, clearly predicted it was going to happen, though. So, we go further. Let's see here, rather, um... Alice A. Bailey's Christ is one that she claims is expected by all religions. Known as Krishna, Maitreya Buddha, Imam Mahandi, the Messiah, and the Christ. Isn't that what devil Maitreya is saying he is? This is what Alice A. Bailey clearly predicted. It is true that many faiths predict a coming figure who will lead humanity, but only Christianity predicts a great deceiver to come upon the, on the earth first. Um, prior to the real new age of the genuine leader, the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's during the thousand year millennial reign. The career of the deceiver will be an attempt the true the career of this deceiver will be a final attempt by the Lord of this world, Satan, to keep men from the true knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. As the table below demonstrates Maitreya, the Christ doesn't does indeed fit the predictions of the future deceiver, the Antichrist. Now we've already went over a lot of those predictions, okay? 
Now, Lucifer is the final member of Alice A. Bailey's occult trinity. She writes, symbolically speaking, some of the sons of God fell from their high estate, led at one time by Lucifer, the son of the morning. Well, that is true. I will admit that. Um, H.P. Blavatsky says, Satan is the god of our planet. The only god. She sums up on page 513 of the Secret Doctrine book she wrote by writing, quote, Lucifer is divine in the terrestrial light, the Holy Ghost and Satan, at one and the same time. And now it stands proven that Satan, or the fiery red dragon, and Lucifer, or the light bearer, is in us. It is our mind, our tempter, our redeemer, our intelligent liberator, and our savior. Whoa! You talk about a woman that was demon-possessed of the toenails. Could you imagine writing such rank blasphemy? But hey, that was par for the course for H.P. Blavatsky. I saw a picture of her. There's this old picture of her where she's got the supposed ascended master standing at her back. Now, if they could manifest now in material form, why couldn't they manifest back then? And it names each one of them. I'm not saying the picture's authentic, but it sure looks authentic. And if they were going to manifest for a group family picture, H.P. Blavatsky would be like the number one woman I think you'd want to have in the old group photo. You know? Too bad Aleister Crowley wasn't there. He could have set for two. You know? Get them all. And Hitler? Maybe have Stalin in there? I don't know. Have the, the whole gang. Darwin? Anyway. Um... So please consider the words of Paul, his prediction of the future Antichrist, and the power behind him. Let's go to 2 Thessalonians. And we've read this many, many times, but it's just good to reiterate it. 2 Thessalonians 2, verse 9. 2 Thessalonians 2, verse 9. Even him whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power and lying signs and wonders. Here we go again. This is how the Antichrist is going to come. And his ascended masters. And with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish. Because they receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved. And for this cause God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie that they might all be damned who believe not the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. The Bible clearly predicts it's going to be this way. Now, and now to Alice A. Bailey and H.P. Blavatsky's view of the God of Israel. The true biblical creator of the universe, Blavatsky referred to as the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. She referred to him as a spiteful and revengeful deity. This is on her book, uh, page 439. Elsewhere she describes him as the true creator of mankind, but states that after Lucifer, that Lucifer offered the knowledge of good and evil to humanity, a, okay, elsewhere she describes him, this God of Israel, actually, basically the Lord Jesus Christ, she describes him as the true creator of mankind, but states, and she got that right, but she also states that after Lucifer offered the knowledge of good and evil to humanity, who she referred to at the time as a previously soulless, ignorant monster, that's how she, she ultimately referred to, evidently, Adam and Eve. 
who were basically perfect in the Garden of Eden before the fall. But she referred to them as the soulless and ignorant monsters. She said that after Satan did this to Eve, our Creator became filled with rage, envy, and animosity toward His creation. H.P. Blavatsky writes, In this case, it is but natural to view Satan, the serpent of Genesis, as the real Creator and benefactor, the father of spiritual mankind. What a, what a stinking leap of, leap of logic that is. How does she get from one to the other? I don't know. But she says God became really jealous of what Satan had done. Give me a break. For, for it is he who was the harbinger of light. In other words, it was Satan was the one that actually offered this temptation to Eve. And then ultimately Adam partook of it. And that was what opened humanity's eyes. So what Satan actually did wasn't a bad thing. It was a good thing. He was the harbinger of light. He brought the light to humanity. This is how twisted H.P. Blavatsky was. He was a bright, radiant Lucifer who opened the eyes of the automation created by Jehovah as alleged Lucifer can only be regarded as, a, as in the light of a Savior. An adversary to Jehovah, the personating spirit, he still remains an esoteric truth, the ever-loving messenger. This is how sick and twisted Satanists are. The Bible says, Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil, that put light for darkness and darkness for light, that put sweet for bitter and bitter for sweet. That's exactly what H.P. Blavatsky does in almost every single one of her writings, her satanically cursed writings. Now, in Luke 8.44, jump over there quick, Luke 8.44, We read, let's see here, sorry about that, he gave the wrong verse, but it's the one where Satan, H.P. Uh, Blavatsky uh, describes Lucifer or Satan the adversary um, as the savior, the ever-loving messenger, but the Jesus describes him in a totally opposite terms, paraphrasing where Jesus would say he was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth. There is no truth in him when he speaks lies. Um, he is the li he's a liar and the father of lies. Okay, so this is all Satan can do is lie. As you've heard that expression, he lies like a rug. So anyway, go further. Blavatsky and Bailey view Jesus Christ as a thin with thin thinly veiled contempt. To them, even the, quote, ascended master Jesus is an individual who is separate from Maitreya the Christ. He is simply another ascended master, just like Krishna, Buddha, Muhammad. However, the story of this master, as told by Alice A. Bailey, is rather peculiar. She writes that he was indeed the man who was crucified and then resurrected, but that he was able to do this only because he was overshadowed by, Maitre by devil Maitreya, who they call the Christ. And that's exactly what Maitreya says on his website. And it's what Benjamin Cream says. See, they can't even give the Master Jesus any credit for this. they still got to give it back to double Maitreya. New Age theology is predicted on the regimented series of degrees or levels of spiritual evolution. According to Alice A. Bailey, Jesus achieved the fifth degree at his resurrection. But he was then demoted back to the fourth degree. I didn't know that. In his next incarnation uh, as Apollonius of Tyranna, he then reestablished his fifth degree status. 
So I don't know. Maybe this this ascended um, master Jesus didn't pay his dues. Maybe he was late on his dues one month to his like master ascended master club, and they had to they had to rescind his rank. He he went back a rank, and then he but he got it back. You know, hey, he pulled through. He stuck with it. He got it back. So then it says presently, according to Benjamin Cream, the master Jesus is waiting in Rome to take control of the Roman Catholic Church and lead Christianity to accept Maitreya the Christ. I ask you, what better scenario to deceive the masses than to have somebody claiming to be Jesus Christ come back in the flesh, on the throne, pointing to devil Maitreya? I haven't seen a better scenario, I'm sorry. I have not seen a better... I had an email from a guy and he asked me, what do you think about Tony Blair, or Prince Charles and these types of guys? Here's the problem I see with that. We look at the Bible, and let's look, just look at Revelation 13. Let's look about all the things we've looked at today in 2 Thessalonians and, and how the earmark of the Antichrist and the false prophet is going to be coming with all lying signs and wonders. They're going to set up this image. He's going to talk. You're going to have to worship the image. It's going to evolve and revolve around so much of false lying signs, wonders, miracles. I don't see Prince Charles. I don't see Tony Blair. I don't see any current political figure doing any of these types of lying signs and wonders. Are we just all going to a sudden wake up one day and all of a sudden they're going to start doing all... I don't think so. I think it's going to be somebody that comes from the outside like Maitreya on this day of declaration and then he's really going to start to get things ramped up. You think you've seen lying signs and wonders in the Pentecostal church or in witchcraft? You ain't seen nothing yet. It's basically how I think it's going to go down. From a biblical standpoint, hey, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I'm just... This is what the highest level occultists of the last hundred plus years are saying. And they've been saying it. So then we go further. This, you know, false Jesus is uh, in, waiting in Rome to uh, lead Christianity to accept the uh, Maitreya of the Christ. The Master Jesus is the only known master to have been demoted. Oh, and he is also the only known master whose ministry is tinged with negativity. Ooh. Oh, boy. Because he is described by Bailey as the man whose followers are distinguished by their fanaticism and devotion. Hmm. Elsewhere, Bailey describes fanaticism as a trait that is characteristic of, quote, small minds. And of those who are just beginners on the path. Oh. Now you hear that a lot used in the New Age vernacular, the path. There's the right-hand path and the left-hand path. The right-hand path is to the good witchcraft. The left-hand path is into like the darker stuff, essentially. Yes, but um, we got oh, good old Alice Bailey here to straighten us Christians out, because we just have little small minds, because we're fanatics. We're just beginners on the path. Doug, come on! What, why should that surprise you that they'd say that? You know. Then it says, Alice Bailey also predicts that the future ideological battle will see those who are on the side of the New Age face against the fanatics of Christianity. Is that a fact? She predicted this, you know, decades and decades ago. She said this. And pretty much that's the way it's going to go down. Because we're supposed to be salt and light on this earth as Christians. Salt is a preservative. It's also a potential irritant. Light always exposes darkness. We're supposed to be watchmen. If we, if we have this information and we see the sword coming to the city, hey, we need to warn other people. 
in as much as God opens the door. Okay, I'm not saying everybody's called to do the exact same thing, but I'm saying, you know, if God opens a door, be faithful. Problem is, nowadays, particularly in America, most people don't care, nor do they want to hear. So it's almost like you're casting your pearls before swine. So again, you have to really be led of the Holy Spirit. I, my avenue to do this is through these audio recordings on Sermons Audio. Hey, people can go up there. If they don't want to listen to me, they don't have to listen to me. If they want to, if, if they want to reject everything, that's their prerogative. They have that total freedom and option either to click on the play button or not. It's kind of why I like it so much. I'm not forcing anything down anyone's throat. They don't have to listen to what I'm saying. It's their prerogative. So, um, she predicts that this future ideological battle will be between those who are on the side of the New Age faced against the fanatics of Christianity. Now, at the time of the writing this, this was most likely true because the church wasn't near as leavened as it is today. But now, over you know, decades and decades and decades later, there's very, very, very much smaller remnant who's really seeking after truth. Um, and there probably won't be much of a battle in any of the churches because they're already yoked up with the whore revelation anyway, if you really think about it. They're already in their 501c3 status, licensed to the hilt, reading their false Bible versions, don't have a clue about any of this, not preaching about any of it, acting like we're just things are going to get better and better, most of them. Not all, but most. I don't think there's going to be much of a battle. I think there's going to be a real battle between the small remnant, but God always uses a small remnant. That way he gets the glory. She goes on to say, years ago, this is Alice A. Bailey quote, years ago I said that the war which may follow this one will be waged in the field of the world's religions. Such a war will not work out, however, in a similar period of extreme carnage and blood. I doubt that. It will be fought largely with mental weapons and in the world of thought. I agree. Prayer. That's the main weapon that we have. Quoting the scriptures. Prayer. Faith. Living right with the Lord, not regarding iniquity in your heart, so your prayers are not hindered. Ultimately, you've got to be saved for any of this to work. Having faith to believe that you, you know, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. I can do all things through Christ which strengthen me. Having faith to believe those verses. She goes on to say, this inherent fanaticism found, in, found ever in reactionary groups will fight against the appearance of the coming world religion and the spread of esotericism spread of the esoteric witchcraft is what she's talking about, which is going to be the one world religion. For this struggle, certain of the well-organized churches, through their, quote, conservative elements, are already girding themselves. Those sensitive to the new spiritual impacts are still far from powerful. That which is new always faces the supreme difficulty of superseding and overcoming that which is old and established. But then again, I say for argument's sake, this was written 50 plus years ago. I don't think we're living in the same time. I think this is much more ready to happen now. A lot of this doesn't apply today at all, sadly to say. Fanaticism entrenched in theological positions and materialistic selfishness, whatever that means, are to be found actively organized in the churches in all continents and all denominations. That was, that was Alice A. Bailey's take on the coming war that's ahead. Now, Maitreya will play, some of the predictions of Maitreya will be um, 
uh, Maitreya will play an important part in achieving peace in the Middle East. This is from, uh, let's see here, predictions on the emergence of Maitreya from New Age sources. This is from page 187. It says, Political, politically, the next problem for Maitreya to solve is the situation in the Middle East, which he will have to solve the Arab-Israeli problem. This is from page 187 of the reappearance of Christ. Now, I've been saying this all along about World War III, that out of the ashes, most likely, of World War III, there's going to come a supposed man of peace. Remember, through peace, he's going to destroy many. He's going to confirm the covenant with Israel and these other nations for a week, which is seven years. Politically, it says right here, the next problem for Maitreya to solve is the situation in the Middle East, which is where we're almost guaranteed World War III is going to erupt. Then it says, in another quote from Maitreya's Mission, Volume 1, page 128, quote, There can't be true peace in the world until the Middle East question is settled. Oh, is that so? So deep are the feelings aroused in both sides, so entrenched are the positions which each adopt, that I believe Maitreya alone has the spiritual authority to point to the solution and achieve its implementation. If Devil Maitreya appears, and he says, I am Imam Mahandi, and I am the Messiah, what does that make him to both the Islamics and the Jews? Their Messiah. Their prophesied one they've been looking for. And not only that, he's also the, the Christian of the fifth Buddha, he's everybody. All rolled into one demonic bundle. Who better? Who better to carry this out than this guy? You would you see, that Amajadeen guy in Iran right now, who I just saw a video on him the other day, where he's ba basically saying, hey, listen, <laughs> we're going to have to kill every single one of the, the Israeli, they're, they're devils, they're from Satan, we're going to kill them, we're going to overrun them, we will have our day. That is what their Quran, their unholy book tells them they have to do. That's what a fundamental Muslim should be doing according to their unholy book called the Quran. We know the Jews are not going to be wiped out. We know that's not going to happen totally. We know World War III is going to erupt most likely very soon. We're going to confirm that in a second, even further. Who better to bring these two races to finally some type of peace? Over here, peace in the Middle East, that type of stuff. The Maitreya. Who better to fulfill that than the religiously predicted Messiah? See, People will put stuff aside. They're not going to do this for a political leader. It's not going to happen. No political leader can come to the uh, Prince Charles or Tony Blair or Clinton or Condoleezza Rice or uh, Rudolph Giuliani. Oh, I'm sorry, Giuliani. None of this stuff. None of these people can do it. But a religious figure who is the predicted coming Messiah, whoever you want to call him, he could do it. And he's going to do it. Let's read the next quote. Maitreya's Mission, Volume 2, page 100. Quote, I believe the Israelis will procrastinate endlessly, and that it may well take the emergence of Maitreya to bring about reconciliation. Now, let's read a quote from Albert Pike. Albert Pike received a vision which outlined the plans to create the, the One World Order. He said the Third World War must be fomented by taking advantage of the differences between of the differences caused by the agent tour of the Illuminati between the political Zionists, which would be the political Jews, and the leaders of the Islamic world. Albert Pike wrote this 
over a hundred years ago. Over a hundred years ago. This is how he said it was going to go down. The war must be conducted in such a way that Islam and political Zionism must mutually destroy one another. Meanwhile, the other nations once more divided on this issue will be constrained to fight to the point of complete physical, moral, spiritual, and economical exhaustion, which means World War III will be one of the bloodiest of, of all three world wars. Then everywhere, the citizens obliged to defend themselves against the world minority of revolutionaries will exterminate those destroyers of civilization. Guess what? Guess who he says they are? The mul- and the multitude, delusioned with Christianity, whose deistic spirits will from that moment be without compass or direction, anxious for an ideal, but without knowing where to render its adoration, will receive the true light through the universal manifestation of the pure doctrine of Lucifer, brought finally out in public view. How is the true doctrine of Lucifer going to be brought out into public view? Who better to do it than Devil Betraya and the gang, and his Ascendant Master gang? Who better? Who better who could fulfill this? Daniel 9.27 this make, Doesn't this make the Bible come alive? I mean, this is just... This is amazing. I'm not saying I have every single one of the answers. But this is really pretty amazing. Gotta, I mean, this totally confirms Scripture. What we're talking about here today. Daniel 9.27 And he... The Antichrist shall confirm the covenant with many for one week, and in the midst of that week he shall cause the sacrifice and the oblation to cease. There has to be a temple rebuilt for the sacrifice and oblation to cease. And for the overspreading of abominations, he shall make it desolate, even until the consummation, and that it be determined, shall be poured out upon the desolate. Jesus gives this warning in the New Testament, where he talks about this, when you see the abomination of desolation committed, ye that are in the hills, you know, flee, that verse, okay? We're not going to get into every one of these verses today, um, because of, we're just about to end here. But, clearly predicted in the Bible, it's going to happen, and, um, again, this pretty much just kind of makes the Bible come alive. Now, the, this is another thing that the uh, witches are saying. Bible believers, it says, will reject Maitreya based on the misunderstood scriptural warnings. Um, this is from, I think, the last book we were just quoting from. There are many fundamentalists, Christians and others, who will see my information as a travesty of the truth, and who will reject Maitreya in the first place, but not forever. It may be that Christians will accept the Master Jesus before they accept Maitreya. Oh, that's exactly how it's going to go down. See, the Master Jesus is being sent in to soften everybody up. But it could be well, but it could be well be that they will not even accept the Master Jesus. Well, if you read in your Bible, you shouldn't accept the Master Jesus. The name is right, but he does not have the holes in his hands and feet anymore. Well, that's not according to some of these depictions I've seen of um, of some of these ascended masters. Some of them do have holes in their hands and feet. Yeah, the Master Counterfeiter, what's, what, is, what is that? You know? And then another quote. For a time, it may well be that very orthodox Christians, and the, particularly the fundamentalists, will reject both Maitreya and Master Jesus, who is now in Rome. He has not come on a cloud at the end of the world, as they expect. See, in other words, questioning the word of God, just like Satan does every time. Nor does he have holes in his hands and feet. But gradually, many Christians will find it easier to accept Master Jesus as the returned Christ. At least, the name is the same. Oh boy, at least we have the name. 
rather than Maitreya, in the Master Jesus is rather than Maitreya, and the Master Jesus is in charge of the Christian church worldwide. Eventually, however, I will I believe that most people, Christian and otherwise, will accept that Maitreya is indeed the Christ, the Messiah, the Krishna, the world teacher for all. Sure, he's going to come with all lines, signs, and wonders. So that is officially the end of all seven parts. So I apologize for all the long-windedness, but um, I think it took that much to cover the subject in depth. So I'll go ahead and close this out in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we do thank you and we love you for all your goodness and mercy that you have bestowed upon us, Lord God. I pray, God, that your truth would go forth this day in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. pray that great fear would fall upon your Christian remnant, Lord God, the body of Christ, and those, Lord God, that are around us, that you would use us as salt and light to a lost world, that your name would be glorified through the body of Christ, and that through us you would lead many people to the Lord Jesus Christ. By the power of the Holy Spirit, Lord God, I pray, Lord God, that the sword of the Spirit would be in our mouths, that we would quote Scripture, Lord God, where applicable, that we would memorize your word in the name of Jesus Christ. I pray, Lord God, that collectively, as John the Baptist said, that I must decrease while he must increase. I pray, God, that be the cry of all of us in our hearts, that Jesus would increase, Lord God, inside us, and that we would decrease, that we would be crucified with Christ, according to Galatians 2.20 that you would forgive us, Lord God, for any and all sins that we have committed in any way, shape, and form in the name of Jesus Christ, and that the words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart would be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. We thank you, Lord God. I do pray that you bring us back at the next appointed time. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.